Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2017. We've hit the big 5-0, episode 50. No respect for teachers. If this is the first time you've ever heard my podcast, mm -hmm. I would like to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. If you look at my previous 49 episodes, you'll see things that may or may not be of interest to you. Some of the titles may stick out and hopefully you're going to open them up and be able to take a few things from them. Then there'll be other things that maybe just may not be as interesting to you and that's totally and completely fine. No respect for teachers. This one is very, very personal for me because I've had so much time to reflect and having been a public school educator in New Jersey for over 20 years and seen a lot of things, I feel that it's time to have the conversation about why teachers do not get the respect they deserve or the respect they feel they deserve. Let's just start off with a simple history lesson. And I hope that what I'm going to say right now is not going to be new information to you, but stuff that you already know. And it deals with teachers' unions, and I'll specifically speak about the state of New Jersey, but this applies for teachers' unions in a lot of states across the country. Now, the teachers' union in New Jersey is very, very strong. One of the reasons our current governor, Chris Christie, hates the teachers' union, and he does hate the teachers' union, he's gone on record saying that, so I'm not just throwing out an opinion there, is because the union is very, very strong. He has said many times that he does not hate teachers. That's debatable. He's had his moments where he has bullied teachers in public. It's on video, it's documented. But that's not what this is about today. And I'm not going to talk about him. There'll be a future episode where we'll have a chat about Mr. Christie. That'll be after he's out of office. No, today the lesson is going to be about the teachers' union and specifically their role as a state-run organization and then a local organization. In other words, whatever school district you work in, you have a union that represents that particular district. Many years ago, depends on where you worked, depends on the situation, but we're going to call it 30 to 40 to 50 years ago. Teachers unions fought very, very hard to try to get better pay and just better everything for teachers. And the reality of the situation is that teachers 
years ago were not paid well. But in return for not being paid well, they, in most cases, received free health insurance. And my friends, this was no garbage health insurance. This was some of the finest health insurance you could find. And teachers in just about every area didn't pay a dime for it. And if they did pay, it was very, very little. Of course, the health insurance issue and those benefits, which are so critical, so crucial for anyone seeking a job today, were not the issue back then. It just wasn't a problem like it is today. So for those of you that are tuning in and you don't know anything about education or you thought you knew something about education, I need to just set you straight with that if you didn't know it already. Teachers accepted salaries that they were just simply underpaid, but they, in exchange, took solid health insurance. The years went by, standard, you know, it's the, the whole entire situation where it's wherever you're living, everything goes up. There's inflation. And as such, the salary started to escalate. And about 15 years ago, you started to see more and more districts that were starting to look at their finances and realize, oh boy, this is starting to now cost us money. Health insurance costs started to go up. And now it was starting to become, well, what's more important, the salary or the benefits? And teachers would still look at the amount of money that they were making compared with other jobs out there and insist on keeping the free health benefits. And here's why. As with anything else in this world, once you have something and you give it up, there's almost no chance you're going to get it back, especially in, in the year 2017. <laughs> once you give something up, it's, there's almost no chance they're going to say, oh, okay, well, it was free before, now we're making you pay. You know what? We're nice people. We're going to give it to you for free again. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's just simply not. That's not going to happen. Forget about education field. It's not going to happen in, a, in any uh, workplace. So here we are now at 2017. Health insurance is a major major problem in this country. We have all the issues going on with government demanding that people, that they must have health insurance and they are, they are, it's, it's too much to go into. I'm not going to get into all the politics with that because quite honestly, everybody in government is to blame for the mess that we have right here. Democrats, Republicans, Liberals, conservatives, everybody's to blame on some level with this. It's a mess.
But here's how it applies to teachers. Teachers still have, I guess, lower salaries on a whole than a lot of other people in the workforce. And their bone of contention is, well, we still have lower salaries, so we should be getting free health benefits or be paying almost nothing for the health benefits. Now, I understand what they're saying, but I think that there's two issues here. Here's the respect that I do not have for teachers. And the teachers that I do not respect are the people that are not educated in this. And I say that because I was one of those teachers for a long, long time. The first 10 years of my career, I didn't educate myself. I didn't even know what a salary guide looked like. I had no idea what negotiations were like and what, how hard the union had to fight. And I made a decision. I said, you know what? I need to get more involved. And I started to volunteer for things for my state association. Made phone calls for certain, to endorse certain candidates. Attended rallies for districts that had been without contracts for a long time. I educated myself. I got involved. And I'm sorry, but I cannot say the same for a lot of the younger generation of teachers out there that simply don't do this. If you are a a newer teacher, you need to pay your penance. In other words, you need to put in your time the same way that other people did for you. The people years ago put in the blood, the sweat, and the tears for your benefit. Yes, they did it for themselves as well. But they did it so, I mean, how much, how appropriate, so our children could have a better future. In their case, they're thinking about, so our younger teachers can have a better future. And I look at some of these teachers who are 24, 25 years old and are so arrogant and will sometimes be know-it-alls and they don't want help from anyone And they don't want to help out in in any type of way. And then they may wonder why a district doesn't want to rehire them. I heard a story recently, this was outrageous, of a teacher who had just gotten hired out of college in a wonderful school district. This was a great school district. An excellent starting salary, paid very, very little into health benefits, Uh, It's an affluent community. It's a community that's growing. All the things that you would want to have as a rookie teacher. And then, as the districts often do, in addition to your contractual responsibilities, they would give you X number of events that you can attend. If you're a rookie teacher, if you don't have tenure, even if you do have tenure, this is not if you can attend, it is you will attend with no questions asked.
Now, I'm a music teacher. It's because you're a musician and you must accept that $50 gig? Ridiculous. Outrageous. People saying, oh, I have a family commitment. Well, guess what? The family commitment, your family, if they understand and love you and appreciate you, they're going to understand that you have to attend that volleyball game. They're going to have to understand that you have to chaperone that dance. They're going to understand if you need to be a teacher chaperone on an overnight trip somewhere where you're probably being paid anyway. Yet I see these inexperienced teachers making really poor decisions. Not appreciating what was done by the people in the past. To get them the salaries that they have. Okay, I understand that you're not making the salary of a Fortune 500 CEO. And you never will. Okay, I understand that in the field of education... If you're not going to be an administrator, there's pretty much no chance that anywhere on earth you're ever going to crack. You're probably not going to go beyond 110,000. That's the most you're ever going to have a chance to make. And I know plenty of people. I have students much younger than me, former students who are in their 20s and 30s that are making more than that. But then we get to no respect for teachers and the viewpoint of the workforce, the people out there who blue collar or white collar and are in the working class and their perception of those in education their perception. Because reality is not the important word here. There are many highly educated people out there that have it all wrong with how teachers are viewed. Haven't you ever noticed that the media on the whole doesn't like teachers? They don't. Think about all the negative press that people get in the field of education. And it happens constantly. Public information that's available, let's release it for everyone to see. And there'll be other fields where there's public information available, and sometimes those same media outlets will not release it. I mean, that is what it is. I don't think I enjoy my salary being available online. If you search hard enough, you can find it. As I can find anyone else's. Because it, it feels almost like there's a privacy issue that's being invaded. It's as bad as, you know, Google Maps and Google Earth. People being able to look in, into the, your backyard and see if you have a swimming pool. even though they live in another country and they're just on the internet. So, the perception that people have of educators, 
Here's the perception. You can, your, your first reaction cannot be, yeah, but, 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 no, just listen. And that's the problem with a lot of teachers, which is fascinating to me. They don't want to listen. They want to have all the but, 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 buts, and they want to complain, and they want to whine. And it's one of the big reasons why I often don't enjoy talking to teachers because there are so many teachers who complain about everything and nothing's ever good enough. Kind of worries me, kind of terrifies me because if they have that feeling, what's really happening in their classrooms with their kids? Are they professional enough to not carry that in? I'm not so sure. Just hear me out. The average teacher works 10 months a year. Yes, I know. There are people who teach in summer school or may write various curricula for the district and be paid X amount per hour. Whatever the case may be. But when you are hired as a teacher, your actual requirements, 10 months a year. You have every weekend off. You have every holiday where govern the government is closed, when government institutions are closed, the schools are generally closed on just about every holiday. You have breaks, whether they be for Thanksgiving whether it be a midwinter recess, which I, to this day, I still think that that's one of the most asinine ones out there. We come off of a winter break at the end of December. You just had 10, 11 days off. And then only six weeks later, we're taking time off again from school. It's a joke. Sorry, it's a joke. I actually hate it because I do feel that we should absolutely get breaks as teachers. But I mean... You can't establish any rhythm. There's no consistency. You teach for six weeks and then you have some snow days thrown in if you work in New Jersey. And there's no consistency. So February, we get a few days off. Some districts, you get an entire week off again. And then only a matter of six, seven weeks later, there's a spring break. Now you have another week off. Teachers get a lot of time off. I have not seen any school calendar, public schools, that has had more than 190 working days for teachers. I've never seen more than 190. If there are out there, so be it. Most of them right now range from 180 to about 187. Uh, you don't have to be a genius. It's 365 days in a year. You work half the days of the year. Now, yes, I understand that the, the typical workforce that has the nine to five type job, which is not a prototypical job anymore, but the ones who do and are making the big bucks, they have their weekends off too. I get it. You know what they don't have off? They don't have spring break. They don't have a winter break. They have to go into work on the, during that time. You know what else they don't have off? The summer. No, they may have vacation time, but they don't have the summer off. They're going to work. 
Now let's take a look at the health insurance. In the year 2017, at least in the state of New Jersey, there is no health insurance that is better than what educators receive. You may have health insurance plans that are equal, or if you want to pay out the nose, then you can get one that is comparable. My current health insurance, when I go to the doctor, every time I go to a doctor, it costs me $10. I sat in a doctor's office recently, and I'm listening to five other people, and I was able to overhear their copays. was the cheapest I heard. How do you think the people in the waiting room felt when they heard 10? Do you know what probably went through their mind right away? Oh, he's a teacher. That's the perception. But in that case, perception is reality. That those people now know there's a probably pretty good chance I am in the field of education. And they start to get judgmental. Start to get angry. Because they're saying, well, I'm paying, I'm getting the same exact service as this person is getting. Why is he only paying 10 bucks? In terms of other services, mental health services, physical fitness services. My goodness, they, they, it's so inexpensive for educators to stay physically fit. If you need for you or for people in your family that have a mental illness, maybe need to see a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, 10 bucks. And in some cases, it's, it's less than that. Some situations you pay a, a, a deductible, maybe it will be $100, and then everything is free for the entire year. Good luck trying to find coverage in other areas where that's the case. And not only is the coverage not as good, not even close to being as good as teachers, but it's expensive. They have to pay into it. Yeah, okay, the... the, the you know, company may offer benefits, full benefits, but it doesn't mean that they're free. And so many people don't get it. And they don't understand it. So you have 10 months a year that you work. You have free health benefits, which are really not free anymore. Now we have to pay a certain percentage as mandated by the state government. But in the long run, it's not that much money. It really isn't. Now, to be fair, if you want to be an informed person, the average New Jersey teacher pays, in union dues, it's about $1,300 or so a year. Find out what your union dues are going to. Ask those questions. 
Find out how your money is being spent. That's a good question. That's a good educated question you can ask. Because you can look at all the different deductions, but you know what? There are union dues that are being taken out, and that's not a small amount of money. And it's a good question to be involved with your local union and to be asking questions relating to the money you're spending for the union. And it can't just be, well, you know, the answer by someone, well, it's uh, for our, um, our opportunity. I shouldn't say opportunity, it's not the right word. But the fact that they do the negotiations for your contract and there's money that's involved in that. Well, that, that's absolutely true, but that's not all the money though. Because a, a chunk is going to the local association, a chunk is going to the state association, as well as perhaps other types of contributions they've asked you to make. I find it incredible though, how many people who are teachers are so angry. And I don't really understand why. I really don't. I mean, when you were off over the summer, and even if you did do, uh, uh, you had a summer job that was or was not related to your district, you had some time off. I'm sure there was some time off that you had. You were probably not working every single day over the summer. If you were, God bless you. But you probably weren't. You probably had some time off. As you were driving down the highway and it's 100 degrees outside with no shade and high humidity, one o'clock in the afternoon, scorching sun outside, did you think about those construction workers? Did you think about the type of job security that they have? The idea where they could take a day off of work or show up late or request to leave early and just be fired? Is that going to happen to a teacher? Is that going to happen to a tenured teacher? One of my favorite quotes I learned from one of my mentors who was a music teacher, and it was, I think the, the conversation occurred good 25 years ago, in which another co-worker in his building who worked, who I think was a math teacher, said, you know, this is a joke, that you're being paid the same amount as me. You know, I went to school for math, you know, and I'm teaching math in, in the classroom and I'm giving assignments every single day and all you do is just teach band, you know, and the kids are just coming in and it's just a fun class and toot, toot, toot and all that stuff. And I remember how annoyed my mentor was and he was a hothead too. <laughs> he was somebody who didn't just sit back and say, hmm, no, he actually was the type of person that would get pretty upset by that remark. His simple response to the math teacher was this. 
hey, listen, you made your decision. You made your decision to major in math and to go into education. I made a decision to major in music. Guess what, my teacher friends? The same applies for you deciding that you wanted to be a teacher. You decided not to go into accounting or microbiology or fluid physics or whatever the occupation that you hope to have. This is what you decided. This is what you wanted. And if you're finding out too late, you're going to blame other people for that? I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. We can agree on one thing. A lot of people will never understand what teachers do in the classroom. Never. You take almost any person in the world and put them in front of a classroom of children. And I'm not talking about a classroom of children where you bring in the star athlete or you bring in a superstar where they're going to be so awestruck. No, I'm talking about you just take the average person who makes a lot of money in whatever occupation, just drop them into a second grade classroom for seven hours for the day and just leave them there. And in those situations where that's happened, I can tell you in almost every situation, I have adults that will look at me and say, I have no idea how you do this every day. I'm exhausted. Because teaching is very tiring. Guess what? Your contract says that you have to be in at X time and you have to leave at X time. And on maybe one or two days a week, you have to come in either early or, or leave late because of some type of meetings. In almost every situation in school districts, at least across New Jersey, most teachers do not work 40 hours a week at the school. Now, I'm not saying you're doing work outside of school because event, again, I know somebody's going to listen to that and say, but, but, wait, wait, but I, 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 I'm, I'm a language arts teacher and I'm grading papers for 40 hours outside of school. Yes, I understand that. I'm saying at the job, required to be there. Come on. How many jobs out there, if you have a family allow you to leave your job at 3 or 3.30 to pick up your kids? Have you thought about how much money you're saving in daycare expenses? Think about that. I see these poor kids at these, these daycares in the school. They're there till 6, 7 o'clock at night. Think about how much money those people are laying out. And I can tell you, a lot of times, a lot of those people do not have one, one job. A lot of them have two jobs. And that's the reason why they're picking up their kids at 6.30. Think about you as a teacher being able to pick up your children and being able to give them more opportunities 
to do things, to go on to play dates, to simply play at home and be able to do things with them, to allow them to be on sports teams. Those kids that are at a daycare until 6.30, they're not going to be able to play on any sports teams. That's not a possibility. There are too many factors involved that too many educators simply do not take into consideration. And the second that something goes wrong, they whine. They complain. Now, paperwork. Let's call it for what it is. At least in the state of New Jersey, the paperwork is outrageous. I mean, it's really outrageous. And to be fair, it's not just for the teachers. It's for everyone. I don't think there's any administrator out there saying, oh yeah, I, I really enjoy having to do X number of observations on all these teachers in the entire school. And some of these observations my goodness, they're so many pages long and they're so detailed. And every district's a little bit different. Some go a little bit more overboard than others. But the paperwork is absurd. Really absurd. The amount of paperwork that I'm doing now is, oh, easily 10 times more than I did 10 years ago. It's tiring. Is it taking away from the education we're able to provide to our children in school? I think the answer is yes. Unless you're one of those teachers who doesn't want to take away from the kids in school and you're going to have to do the paperwork when? Outside of school hours. Guess what? In the more desirable jobs out there, there's paperwork, there's accountability. And when I say desirable, I should also add the ones that pay well. There's accountability. And I'm sorry, but I can safely say the first few years of my teaching career, when I was writing hardly any lesson plans, or at least ones that even had to be submitted, I had principals that weren't even asking me for lesson plans. I could have been doing anything in the classroom. And the frightening thing is, there were colleagues of mine that were doing the same thing. Here's the difference. I know that I was providing a quality education. Because I was always developing myself and, and interacting with my colleagues and we were always trying to get better. Maybe not that teacher that's been doing this for 22 years. And they don't talk to anyone. They're doing the same old things. Mm -hmm. And it might be, they might be outdated techniques or they just may be ineffective. To be fair... I have had observations in recent years where I've gotten some valuable feedback. Things that have been said to me that have made me a better teacher. 
Have I heard some condescending things? I have. I have heard things from administrators who are trying to tell me how to teach, and I know for a fact that that particular person, if they were put in the same situation, they just simply could not do it as effectively as me. I don't say that in a pompous way. I say it because based on the feedback that they're giving me, I know that some of the feedback just simply doesn't, is not going to work. My work in other settings, but in my setting it wouldn't. But I have heard some really great suggestions on things to do, and it's made me into a better teacher. But the paperwork on a whole, and the professional development, oy, the professional development is, is really gotten to be out of control. But here's what teachers don't get. If that's the way the district wants to spend their time, just shut up and do it. Stop whining about it. Somewhere along the way, you're probably going to learn something in those professional development workshops. Maybe you'll learn a ton. Maybe you'll learn nothing. Maybe you just go in and you have no desire to learn any of that stuff and you don't want to do team building exercises. You just want to go into your classroom. And that's fine. But we're now, this is where things are. This is the state of education. I'm not saying good, bad, and different. It is what it is. And then I have people that will immediately say, but it doesn't need to be this way and we need to fight. Go ahead, fight. Fight it. You may win the battle. You're not going to win the war. Because you may get your little victory. But if you say something to an administrator in such a way, and it ticks them off, they're not going to forget. They're not going to forget a few years down the road where they have an opportunity to transfer you into another building and you don't have any say in the situation. How do you like your victory now? Too many teachers harbor this anger and I'm not sure why. I don't understand it. I really do not understand it. Are your teaching conditions that deplorable? Are, they, is, are things really that bad? Are you doing what you enjoy doing? Are you doing what you enjoy doing? Are you doing something, teaching something, working every day in an environment that makes you happy? And when I say environment, I'm talking about kids. Do you have that opportunity every day to be able to be a positive influence on a child's life? Has that been taken away from you? Are you able to teach your content area, even if it has to be variations of what you did years ago? Are you still able to teach your content area? Do you have your own classroom? And if you don't, do you even have a classroom? 
If you have air conditioning, bonus points. Plenty of places that don't have air conditioning. Or climate control. I really believe that too many people just like to complain and whine and complain and whine and not take a look at the big picture. Here's the reality, folks. Years ago, I believe that most teachers were really able to run Ramshad and get away with a lot of things. And some people opened their eyes and said, this isn't right. This person we know does not submit lesson plans. This person has no classroom discipline. This person does not know how to teach their content area, is not well-liked by faculty, is not well-liked by students. And you know what would happen? The person just, they were just there. And you couldn't get rid of them. And people came along and said, this isn't right. Do you think it's right? Do you think it's right that someone who is not going to do anything to change themselves at all should be paid more than you? Or paid the same as you? Take a look at the big picture. And if you're in a situation where the working conditions are poor, go somewhere else. And dare I say it, you may realize that maybe teaching isn't for you and there's nothing wrong with that. But for heaven's sake, don't stay in, in a situation where you're going to be affecting the education of students and taking it out on them. Because that, that, me personally, I have no tolerance for that. I have no tolerance at all and no respect at all for teachers who are abusive to students. And when I mean abusive, I consider abuse to be poor teaching. A poor role model, no clue of their content area, no idea of how to connect with children, no classroom management, no emphasis on respect. I don't have any tolerance for it whatsoever. I really can't stand people who say, oh, I'm going to get an education degree as a backup. I hate that. I've hated it since I was 18 years old. I hated when people said that. I'm going to do it as a backup. Education is not a backup. It's, it's just a serious business here. This is our future. It is because of poor educators that we have the condition in our country today. It's not the only reason, but it's a big reason. There are educators that failed children somewhere along the way. And they played a role. Not the only role, but they played a role. I take pride in knowing that not only are my students hopefully going to come out of my music classes knowing more about music, I'm hoping that they're going to be able to be productive citizens in society. That's what we should all hope for. Because this world is a mess. What we're seeing every day going on, I mean, it's, it's frightening. The goal of today's episode is to get you thinking. I hope this has been helpful to you. 
I hope you take this episode and encourage someone else to listen to it and to take it in. I'm not correct on everything. I'm not an expert on everything. I don't try to act like I am. I'm just one person offering an educated opinion, which is based somewhat in part with fact. Pass this information along. Encourage other people to listen to it. I appreciate you, if you've listened all the way to the end, for taking the time. You're bettering yourself. Even if you knew a lot of this information, it's good to hear it again. And it's really, really powerful if even just one person that you know is able to hear this perhaps for the first time. Whether they are a teacher, they're not a teacher, educate people so we can be a better world.